When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Kay Murray, Ali Moreno and Stevie Nicol here in the studio. We'll start with some Premier League action as Liverpool took on Luton away from home. Luton, who haven't been having the best of seasons in the bottom three, with only one win in ten coming into this game. And uh, in the later stages of it, Darwin Nunez missed a massive chance. It would result a little bit later on in Tai Chong going away on the counter for Luton and scoring the opening goal before Luis Diaz equalised in stoppage time with a fine header during what's a very difficult time in his life at the moment. But 1-1 it would finish, meaning that Liverpool remain three points behind Manchester City and two behind Tottenham Hotspur who host Chelsea on Monday. And you wonder if these points could prove to be costly. On Jan Agafiasov is watching this game for us tonight, but we've got to start with you, Stevie, because you are not happy with <laughs> Liverpool tonight. It's amazing how one result can spoil your weekend. <laughs> to be honest, it's the, it's the way that Liverpool lost this game that annoys me more than anything. And, and quite they frankly... Tied. They tied. Sorry, tied. <laughs> Feels like a loss, you're right. <laughs> Listen, when you go to places like Luton, and the pitch is small, and it's a wee stadium, and the dressing rooms are tiny, and everything just is not normal. It goes against all the things that you're used to. Then what you, the way you win the game is by being professional. You don't make mistakes, and you be professional, because in 90 minutes, someone's going to come along and you take it, and if you win 1-0, that's fine. But if you win 10, that's better. And Liverpool lost this game by being unprofessional, no question. Darwin Nunes is finished. They drew the game. Sorry? They drew the game. I I keep sorry. <laughs> Darwin Nunes is finished is unacceptable. In my opinion, you, put, you can put that down to being unprofessional. You have to concentrate and do the basics of the game right. And again, that's how you beat these teams, by getting the, getting the basics up there. Just simple things, if, you're, if your quality is there, eventually you'll wear them down and, you, and you'll win the game. And Nunes could have won the game by putting that in the back of the net. It's a bread and butter opportunity and it's unacceptable for him to miss that. But yet again, you talk about unprofessional. Harvey Elliott, his position, corners four at the edge of the box, you've got two jobs. The first one is if it's knocked out and you can smash it in the top corner, you smash it in the top corner. The other job you have is you have to defend. And at the very least, you have to hold the play up to let everybody get back. That's, that's what you do. And what did Harvey Elliott do? He makes a stupid rash challenge on Barkley, ends up on his backside, completely puts himself out of the game. That is unprofessional. That is not acceptable. Just as much as Darwin Nunes, that is unacceptable. It's your job. And fair, fair play to Luton. It's Batley with a great run, good pass, good goal. But without Harvey Elliott making a mess of it, that doesn't happen. So it's unprofessional is what it is. That's, that, that to me is why Liverpool lost this game. 
Yeah. Uh, they drew. They drew. Sorry, yeah. they drew. <laughs> Third time. Jan, Jurgen Klopp said Liverpool didn't deserve anything more from this game than what they did get. It was a draw, by the way, not a loss. <laughs> I think we can do a compromise saying they lost two points. I think we can do that. And, and because when you have a look at the table this weekend, Arsenal lost three points, Liverpool lost two, Aston Villa lost three uh, to Nottingham Forest. But yeah, I, I'm with, with Stevie, of course. Uh, normally you see Liverpool this season being professional. And you got this feeling this, this was their fourth round in a cup somehow. And you kind of don't want to give the smaller teams an advantage. I mean, we have to give a compliment to Luton. And it was quite interesting after the game, when you saw the reaction, they were more disappointed than Liverpool. Liverpool kind of, whoa, we got at least a point there. And, and the goal, as we saw, brilliant counter-attack. Yes, it was a big mistake by Elliot, but Barkley as well, how he timed his, his pass there at the end. Uh, and someone said there was a, a lo- loanie from City giving it to a former player of Manchester United scoring the goals. And that's, that's how it felt. And, and for Luton in the position they are in, this season it seems there's going to be four or five teams battling it out that are, that are a bit worse than the rest of the lot. And that will be a very important point for Luton. But imagine if they won against Liverpool, the confidence they would have built up. Uh, so, so that's been Luton. But, but Liverpool, I think this season, I, I wanted to say to the, that, that they are the big challenges to Manchester City. But the way they kind of behaved in this game was very unprofessional with Stevie there. I'm not sure that I'm with with Stevie on the, uh, that Nunez is unprofessional missing that chance because unfortunately we've seen Nunez do that. That was him, what is missing to be a top, top striker is that he's missing those kind of chances and Salah not getting away with it either because Salah tried to head that ball into the goal and it ending up being the best playmaker ever seen on a f- football pitch but two bad bad misses from the um, Liverpool strikers I feel as though you have said as well Stevie about Nunez this is something that you have to accept with him that it's just going to be part of his game there are the big misses mm-hmm. but there will be the important goals too yeah I would agree with that but I would I would just go back to what I said you know being being professional is about basics at the end of the day. It's about basics. And it doesn't get any more basic than what Darwin Nunes should have done to put a ball in an empty net from four yards. That is a lack of composure. It's a lack of concentration. Because this is not a tough skill. This is, this is absolute bread and butter. And the only way you don't put that ball in the back of the net is if you don't take enough care and attention on what you're doing. And when you don't take enough care and attention on what you're doing, in my book, that's being unprofessional. And that's why Liverpool drew today. Darwin Nunez reminds me of the goalkeeper that I'm sure we've all had in our teams at some point or another that is capable of the incredible save. The incredible save. The, the athletic save. That there's no chance you're getting to that ball and he's able to make it. And somehow he's also very capable, more than capable, of the catastrophic moment all the time. The, the basic stuff the basic save, the basic decision is unable to make that consistently. And so I would say, from the perspective of a striker, whatever you may think of me as a striker, for him it's going to be far more important, I think, over the course of his career, that he's able to put these chances away instead of the spectacular ones. Because more of these chances are going to show up than the spectacular ones. 
And until he cleans this up, until he, and, 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 and with this I agree with Stevie, this is about concentration. It, it, it's, it's too much, perhaps too much time for him to think about it. Yeah. That he sees the ball coming across and it's like, I'm going to score the game winner and all these thoughts get into his head and he forgets about the very basic skill of executing three yards out. He's taking it for granted. And, it, and when there is a thought process for a guy that has a history of missing easy chances, now that gets in your head. And that starts playing games with you to the point to where you get in positions where like, my goodness, I hope they don't find me with the ball here. I'd rather, yep. I'd rather hit the shot from a tight angle than nobody thinks I'm going to score. And if I score, I'm great. Than somebody just passing a ball three yards out and everybody thinks that I should score. The 100% chance becomes a difficult skill for somebody who's thinking about it. And to me, Darwin yeah. Nunez is thinking uh, about uh, it. And that, and that I th if, if I may just say shortly, I think that is quite interesting what was Alex say, Alex saying. Because when you are in that position, you got a lot of things. You, you have so much time to think. And I think when you're into that uh, roller coaster thinking that Nunez sometimes you feel he is, you, you, you forget to do the basic. Because if you do a volley or if you do a shot from 30 yards, you don't have to think. You just have to do your technique. But if you're in these chances, that, those are the tap-ins that a goal-getter is doing. Yes, we remember the big goals from Haaland or Lewandowski or Harry Kane scoring from the halfway line. But the basic, the daily bread are the tap-ins. And this was the mother of all tap-ins. One thing. Uh, one quick thing about that, Kate. Think about, and, and Jan just mentioned Harry Kane. The second goal yesterday against Borussia Dortmund. Was there any doubt that Harry Kane was going to finish that tap-in? And there is no stress in the way that he goes about it. He, it. It's just passing the ball into the back of the net. When you see Darwin Nunez trying to take that chance on today, there is all this, this whole production coming towards the ball from him. No, it's a pass into the back of the net from three yards out. Again, there's too much thought going on right well, now. But just to that point, though, given that Harry Kane is older, does it come with time? Does it come with maturity? Well, well I, I suppose it comes with maturity, but I, I would say that you know what else comes with maturity? Scars. Scars and things that you hang on to. And the worst thing that a striker can do is carry that with him. Huh? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I carry those things with me, and hence why I'm here. So you, you, can't, you can't think about this stuff that way. You, you got to be thinking about, find me here because I can score from this sort of range. This is, this is where I make my living. As of right now, to me, it looks like Darwin Nunez is afraid of that kind of range. He's more comfortable with the unlikely goal-scoring opportunities than he is close in. We cannot question the professionalism, though, Jan, of Luis Diaz tonight, scoring a very emotional goal in what's a very emotional moment for him, a very difficult time in his life right now. Sometimes sport is like this. You just feel that that will going to happen. I, uh, I was tweeting after the game. I said the football gods they had a difficult situation. Should we go with Luton, where everybody wanted to win a, a home game against mighty Liverpool, or for Diaz coming on? And they chose Diaz. I mean, what a story. He had his T-shirt prepared. Hopefully, we, we hear that there are good stories coming out of Colombia now that maybe this will get a lucky ending for, for uh, Diaz and his family. And you just felt it. And you saw after the game as well, you saw the opposition going over to him. The football community is, is, a, is a quite funny community. We, we look after each other. 
we are sitting in the studio today, we're a bit older, but always when we meet someone, we are a community. And if you see the community, it's not that, not that big. And we just wish Luis Diaz and his family every well. And maybe that there was a positive thing that happened in a, in a very tragic and sad time for them. Absolutely. Well, one of the biggest stories from the Premier League this weekend has been Arsenal getting their first defeat of the season, after which Mikel Arteta was absolutely furious with how things turned out and why it was a loss for Arsenal. We have to talk about how the hell this goal um, stand up and it's incredible. I feel embarrassed and absolute disgrace that this goal is allowed. It's an absolute disgrace. It's so difficult to compete at this level. And it's an absolute disgrace. Again, I feel embarrassed. I've been more than 20 years in this country. And this is nowhere near the level to describe this as the best league in the world. I am sorry. I don't care, honestly. I don't care what they say. It's the outcome. It's too late. Whatever they say is too late. It's simple. It's not a goal. Simple. It's too hard, this league. It's too hard. It's too much at stake. It's embarrassing. I feel sick. That's how I feel. I feel sick to be part of this. Well, Arsenal have put out a statement backing their coach, saying Arsenal Football Club wholeheartedly supports Mikel Arteta's post-match comments after yet more unacceptable refereeing and VAR errors on Saturday evening. PGMOL urgently needs to address the standard of officiating and focus on action which moves us all on from retrospective analysis, attempted explanations and apologies. We support the ongoing efforts of Chief Refereeing Officer Howard Webb and would welcome working together to achieve the world-class officiating standards our league demands. Stevie, your reaction to this? Well, I've got to laugh. <laughs> I really do. I, I agree with Ateta that it shouldn't have been a goal. But the way he comes out and starts talking about embarrassment... Uh, and using all and disgrace and using all these words, he's got a very short memory. Why is that, Steve? Because I'll tell you why, and I'm going to read this because I don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> he came out on October the 6th and said, they are trying to make the best decisions. We need to understand uh -huh. that sometimes mistakes happen. And why is that what date? To, what harm to that guy? Uh, and why is that date important, though? Oh, wait a minute. I think it was around one of his challenges, Liverpool... Uh, not getting a goal that was onside. <laughs> but he was very cool and calm. I'll leave the referees alone. They'll try to do their best. Sometimes there'll be mistakes, but you know what? That's the way it goes. Hi. What happened to that? <laughs> Disgrace. <laughs> Embarrassment. Embarrassment. Yeah, come on. Give yourself... I'll tell you what. He should be more worried about, about his team. There was things that happened with his team that he needs to be more worried about. Instead of trying to blame the referee... Worry about your own team. Worry about the decisions that you make. Because you got some of them wrong in this game. So don't try and blame the, the, the referee. What about the goalie? I mean, the goalkeeper. I, I, I listened to Shaka the other night and I absolutely agree with him. The goalkeeper, what is he doing past his near post? Because he's, too, because he's past his near post, he can't reach the cross and can't get back in time. Now, again, I think it's a foul. I agree with Ateta. The goal should not have stood. But, again, having said what he said, to come out and act the way he did, he'll get a nice big fine, which he deserves. OK, <sighs> so had he, had he not said what he said previously, which you've just highlighted, would you have still had as big a problem with him if he'd have been this furious about it? 
No, I, I think you could have. It's easier to accept having been in a position straight after a game where you know you've been hard done by, then you absolutely let it out. But you can't have it both ways. You can't when yeah. one of your biggest rivals absolutely gets a punch in the nose, and you try and and you and you go on the side of the referees and say that well they're trying to do the best. Sometimes it happens. You cannot then go to the other side yeah. of the fence and start calling it a disgrace. I'm sorry, but, you don't you don't but, get to play both sides. Jan. But this is what football do to us. I mean, I've been with you guys for three, four years. We are like this in the studio. This is what football do to us. There is no rational. Of course, he did say that in October. Was that right? No. In retrospect, no. Because we know that boy in the backyard who or, always said it afterwards, what we should have done. We, we know that guy. But I think that is more to address what, what, what Arsenal did today with that official statement. Because I think that people can somehow understand Arteta losing it after the game because that is the part of our game we are losing it we have always always done that we have all three four of us I mean we've always lost lost it sometimes I'm not sure that the right thing is to formalize that because after a game is passion I've been interviewing Arteta many many times Arteta is a guy who tried to be the proper guy he tried to say the right thing he tried to protect his team it's the same in Germany now with Tuchel tried to protect his team and maybe his communication strategy is not the best but the thing is that when we're discussing all these kind of things if VAR yesterday couldn't see if the ball was out then they shouldn't do anything you need to be clear and obvious the free kick I'm 100% with with uh, with you, Stevie, and I'm all with all they've said that it's a free kick. I think it's a free kick, but they didn't do that. And then you can go back to the October statement of Arteta. But I'm more worried about that official statement from Arsenal. I don't like that. I didn't like it when Liverpool did it. Although I have to say, by Liverpool, it was something different because there was a big big mistakes in terms of technical issue at at VAR. So that was can also be. Be, be discussed. But I think that they should have stopped yesterday with, with Arteta. Will he be fine? Will he be suspended? I guess so. But that's what it's uh, football do to us. We just lose it. It does continue on with that whole statement having to be made. Arsenal coming out and back in their coach after this. Yeah, I, I don't know what the need is for the, co the club come after the manager and sort of double down on the disgrace, embarrassment sort of narrative and rhetoric. I, I don't think this helps the situation at all whatsoever. And I don't, first and foremost, it doesn't give you the three points. It doesn't do anything for the result. It doesn't change the realities of your team. And to your point, CB, it doesn't change some of the struggles that Arsenal have had. And it doesn't change the decision that Arteta himself made about changing goalkeepers. That's a decision he made. <laughs> the PGMO had nothing to do with that decision. He made that decision himself. And now he has to live with it. But it's easier to take this down the path of the world is against us, VAR is against us, referees are making embarrassing calls, it's not a goal, and so therefore we talk about that and we don't talk about then Arsenal and their struggles but do you and, think and, and their shortcomings. I think this is classic. As passionate as it may have been, this is classic contact deflecto. We're going to take that on to the referees. Let's not talk about my team. 
I don't think so. I, I disagree with you. You may have right because no one else will know what Arteta was thinking. If you see our, I can only talk for my career, you, you lose it. If you all lost it in games, sometimes they, they do lose it. And um, yes, we can, we, we were talking about Raya anyway. He was positioning terrible. There was a lot of things that was not good by, by Arsenal this game. It was a very intense game. To add to it, when I saw the game, I think I think Bruno should have been sent off. Gomeras should have been sent off. I think Kai Harvard should have been sent off. So there was two incidents that they could have judged others. So there were a lot of uh, things out there. But the funny thing is when we're discussing VAR, well, we can't discuss that anyway because people dig themselves down and start shooting each other. This is, it's like unbelievable. we verbally shooting at each each other and talking about all these kind of things but instead of one week we're saying VAR shouldn't find something and when I don't find something that is wrong so I, I'm not protecting VAR I'm just saying that that makes us all crazy so I will still keep on defending Ateta I'm not sure that he is thinking in those terms as Alice is, is, uh, is saying all right uh, Jan let's talk about Manchester City you were at that game and Jeremy Doku looked very good yeah, unbelievable. I mean, there were eight players who have done this in the Premier League before. He's the youngest ever. The first one, I talked to him after the game and I said to him, the first one who did it in the Premier League for assist was uh, was Dennis Bergkamp. The first goal, 1-2 with Rodri. And from then they were going. They were like struggling for 28, 29 minutes to try to break down Bournemouth, who were very, very deep. But, but Doku, what a player he is. I mean, you can sometimes ask yourself, where do they take these players and say, yeah, but everybody knew about Doku. Yeah, but he's playing at Manchester City. And in this game as well now, they're giving them this extra thing for them because they had Grealish coming left, going in right. And then you go, Doku is a bit more unpredictable. So this is a great, great addition to Manchester City, of course. You know, it's funny. You know, we, you always hear us talking about being a footballer, regardless of what level, it's like a roller coaster. I'm watching this game. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Grealish. I'm thinking about Grealish after the the Champions League, and he's had too many beers, and he's loving life, and the world is just the <laughs> nicest planet ever. And what three months, four months later, he's sat in the house now, going, "Wow, I wonder if I'm going to get a game now." <laughs> I mean, it, things change so quickly. And this guy, Doku, absolutely has put himself in pole, pole position. Unfortunately for Doku, though, if there's one manager, one manager in the game who will not look at this and go, well, how can I not play him after scoring <laughs> and setting up four? It's Pep Guardiola. But as I said, Grealish must be scratching his head thinking, oh, how am I going to get a game? Doku brings an element of speed that I think it's necessary for Manchester City when other teams set themselves defensively in the manner in which they do. Because he is one of the few players in that team that actually can take players on in 1v1 situations and create space for himself. Not through a passing game, but to create himself. Grealish doesn't have that. Well, if there's one team in the Premier League that would have a big cause for complaint, you have to say it would be Wolves who've had decisions go against them. A couple of weeks now, it's turned out, and it's just happened again to them this weekend in their game against Sheffield United. We're going into pretty much the, what, 97th minute here, and they'd be given a penalty with Sheffield United.
<laughs> That's made contact. No. No, what scores it? That makes it. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. You have to feel for them because the week before against Jules. Newcastle. Well, it's exactly the same thing. He pulls out, doesn't he? Remember it now, yeah. This he doesn't make contact either. Pulls out at the end. There you go. Hey! It's incredible. <laughs> Two absolutely 100% similar situations. Yep. What's the odds? And what's the odds of them getting it wrong twice? At least they're consistent. Oh, why? That's, that's, yeah. will, you, that's tough uh, you, for Wolves, Jan. Yeah, but you will notice that I'm sitting here in my suit. I'm in Manchester. I just got up from the award uh, for the Manager's Award, Northern Branch for Football Writers Association. So I just hugged my, for, my, my former club, Sheffield United's manager, Paul Heckingbottom, just before I came up here and said, what a great win. We never thought about the penalty. We never thought about Wolves. We only thought about the, the, the three points. But I see. I saw, on the other hand, the manager, O'Neill. you just have, just have to feel for him. Every Monday, they will call him up and say, I'm sorry. I mean, can you believe it when they call you two, two, two weeks in a row saying, sorry, we gave away a penalty again. That should never have happened. Then go back to Arteta and says, don't apologize. The mistake is done. What can you do? And apparently Gary O'Neill has sat with the referee after the match and the referee showed him why it's a penalty as well. That's got to be an even tougher pill to swallow. <laughs> well, that's scary, Whoa. actually. That's scary is what it is. It's, it's scary. Just, it's doubling down. Yeah. yeah. And, what, and that's, I mean, that's, as a manager, I think that's what would worry you, that you're seeing, you're sitting there with a the referee and say, all right, let's look at this together. Let's break it down. You actually see a penalty here? And of course, the referee is going to back himself and say, well, yeah, look, there's a touch. No, but there isn't a touch. There is no touch. We're seeing the same thing. There is no touch. You're seeing a touch. That, I think, is so worrisome because once the referees makes a call, now they're looking for reasons to stick to that call. They're not, looking for, they're, they're not looking for the truth. They're not looking for what's actually happened. They're trying to justify the decision. That's scary because you're chasing a call. You're not... You're not evaluating what's happening. You're chasing a call that you think may have happened, not what actually happened. For managers, this is impossible. If you sit with a guy and the guy tells you, seeing the video, that it's a penalty, when you know full well it's not, the game is gone. The words embarrassing and disgrace might be okay here for O'Neill. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, again, I would say it again. This, goes, this just shows you that VAR itself isn't the problem. Mm. It's the person looking at it. Because 20 years ago without VAR, both of, the, both of these challenges at the time looked like penalties. So let's just remember it. It's the guy that's looking at it. All right. More and that's why we need to have football, to football people there. Football yes. people. And yes. we're all one big family, as yes. Jan was saying yes. earlier. Yeah. No, yeah. no, we're not one family. <laughs> we need people coming who see the situation. <laughs> Mauricio Pochettino facing his former club this on Monday oh. at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Jan is going to be at this game, and he's the only one of us who doesn't have Spurs winning it, Jan. I got this feeling Pochettino is coming back. We can't remember what, we, we can't forget what Pochettino did at Tottenham. He's coming back at a, at a Chelsea team. It's a, it's a massive project. All manager likes to speak about projects these days. Uh, we've just been hearing Ten Hag down here now talking about his project. They're all doing his project. I think that uh, Chelsea will get away with a, a point at, at Tottenham. I think that will be a big, great, 
romantic reunion between Tottenham and Chelsea and Pochettino. So I think that this, this game, Tottenham won't win. There will be a draw. Well, that would be the headline, wouldn't it? Because they're the only remaining side in the Premier League uh, unbeaten. So make sure you join us tomorrow. We'll, we'll still we'll be remain unbeaten if they, <laughs> if they tie. Yeah, but, uh, well, if, 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 he, if he does go with them, though. But remember, a tie is a loss according to Stevie. That's how I'm getting out of that one. Join us tomorrow. Me. Yeah. Captain <laughs> Deflecto will pull me in. <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Join us tomorrow. Well, You'll have a proper host in the chair. Yeah, going down with the ship, eh? <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Real Madrid took on Raya Vallecano at the Santiago Bernabeu, hoping to go back on top of the table in La Liga. That didn't happen because the game finished nil-nil. There were many chances for Real Madrid, the best of which came in the opening five minutes when Fede Valverde was one-on-one with the keeper, but his shot was saved. Shortly after that, Jude Bellingham went down injured, managed to stay on the pitch, but was grasping his shoulder after the game. Carlo Ancelotti said it's a situation they're going to have to assess and see whether he's available midweek in the Champions League. What it means in the table is Girona are top now, sole leaders in La Liga and Real Madrid are two points behind them. Let's welcome in Alex Kirkland to talk more about it. Disappointing night for Carlo Ancelotti's men, Alex? Well, look, I was sat here before the game saying I thought Madrid would win comfortably and maybe score three goals. So, so what do I know? But I think if you look at the game, we've just seen the highlights there. We've seen the chances that Real Madrid created. I think they did enough to win this game. I think if they play like that, that performance, most times they win this game, but they weren't quite clinical enough. They weren't quite efficient enough. And Rio held on and were very, very happy with, with a point. And all this time that we've been enjoying Jude Bellingham's incredible goal scoring form, we have also been asking the question, what does happen if those goals do try up? What happens if Bellingham is unable to, to get on the score sheet or heaven forbid he was injured as we saw the, the spectre of a possible injury in that first half and he wasn't able to score here and the others weren't able to, to step up. We saw chances from Hosilu. We saw chances for Vinicius. We saw Rodrigo come on and make a bit of an impact and have a chance pretty much straight away. But none of them hit the back of the net. And so this question about, you know, have they got enough apart from Bellingham in terms of goal scoring? This goal is only going to, I think, make people ask that, that question even louder. A game that should have won LA? 
Absolutely. And we can look at this as the totality of 90 minutes, or we can just look at the first five minutes. Valverde puts that chance away, which ends up being their best chance of the game. He puts that away. This is not even a contest. You allow Rayo Vallecano to hang around. And even for the rest of the first half, there were opportunities and opportunities and opportunities for Real Madrid. You go into halftime, and my thought was, you know what? It's going to be more of the same. More pressure from Real Madrid, more opportunities to come. It's only a matter of time. That's the way I described it, and I could not have been any more wrong. Because to be quite honest with you, Real Madrid actually did not create as many opportunities in the second half as I thought they would. They fell into the trap of the pushing and shoving and arguing and fouls and the referee and Rayo Vallecano and Dimitrescu and the goalkeeper instead of focusing on playing with quality, with efficiency with effectiveness in front of goal, in the final third, with quickness of movement, both on the ball and off the ball. And when you do that, and Rayo Vallecano have, has come into Santiago Bernabeu and has generated enough confidence to say, you know what? 20 more minutes and we gotta get out of here with a point. It becomes then very difficult to break them down. They did not create high level quality of opportunities in the last 20-25 minutes. It looked a lot like a 0-0 draw after the 70th minute because Real Madrid ran out of ideas and Rayo Vallecano were very comfortable in doing what they were doing. Yeah, a draw at the Bernabeu for Real Madrid can sometimes be perceived as well as a loss, Alex. You can imagine that the heavy favourites going into this one will be under some heavy criticism in the papers in the morning. Yeah, you know what it's like. Any time the Real Madrid don't don't win and, and win in style, it, it's it's a disaster. It's a crisis. It's what's wrong with the team. What has to change? And, and all of that will, will, that discussion will be had after this after this game. I don't think there's any need to to panic. I don't think there was too much wrong with this Real Madrid performance. I think Real Madrid are having a pretty good season. I think what we're seeing is that there isn't necessarily one outstanding team in La Liga this season. If there is one. It's Girona. Let's not take anything away from them. But we've seen Real Madrid dropping points. We saw Barca drop points in the Clasico. We saw Atletico Madrid drop points on Friday night. So it's happening to all of the big three so far. And Girona are taking advantage of that. But maybe that's some consolation for, for Madrid. Is that yes, they've dropped points here in a home game that they should have won, that they'd expect to win. But they will look at the fact that you know we had Barca scraping a win this week, weekend. We saw Atletico losing away at Las Palmas. So that's, that's the good news as far as Madrid are. Are concerned, and like I say, I don't think there's too much need to panic. I'm not sure there's too much wrong uh, with this Real Madrid team, but the the question about the goal scoring that is a, a legitimate concern, I think. Okay, thanks so much for being with us, Alex. We'll no doubt be hearing from you again very soon as we continue our coverage of La Liga. This is the upcoming La Liga schedule. It all gets underway once again on Friday. There'll be a game tomorrow on Monday as well to watch, but all of these games, a big triple header coming up on Sunday. And, Barca against Alaves, Sevilla against Real Betis in the Seville derby and Atleti taking on the yellow submarine of Villarreal. Be sure to be with us for all of it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Bayern Munich sits second in the table behind Bayer Leverkusen after putting in their best showing of the season in the Classico. It was a 4-0 win over Borussia Dortmund, but afterwards Thomas Tuchel was pretty annoyed with the German media, in particular Lothar Matthäus and Didi Hermann, whom he perceives to be overly critical of him during his time as Bayern coach. In fact, he ended up walking away from the interview with Sky Germany, saying that he didn't need to go through it. It's definitely worth watching. Make sure to go and check it out over on social media. Uh, on his previous comments, these exact comments that you've just seen, this is what Thomas Tuchel had to say. I've been asked about Didi Herman and Lothar Mateus every week. I don't want to stand in the middle and keep making comments. Yesterday was the day to finally say it. I won't go into it any further. At some point, it's enough. I have enough to do in my job. Well, he did allude to this whole situation, Jan, a little earlier. And I see you smiling here. Yeah, because this is FC Hollywood. I love that. That is what it can only happen in Germany. And for, for, for the younger viewers, uh, the, the one he's quarreling with is Lotto Matthäus, who is a German football legend, 150 games for Germany, won everything. And Thomas Tuchel, the, the thing is, I've been discussing this with a lot of my German journalist friends today. They say, yeah, but a, a coach can't say that after a 4 0. So when is a coach supposed to say anything against us? And we're talking about us now. When are they supposed to do that? They lost in Saarbrücken. They were, they were knocked out of the cup. So to, that's on Thomas Tuchel. He has to accept that he's been criticizing for that. So he then winning 4-0, and he has annoyed him all week. He's been talking about Didi Hammond, former, uh, former Liverpool City Bayern Munich player, and Lothar Matthäus. But... <laughs> I think sometimes we as football experts or so-called football experts, football pundits, take ourselves too, too seriously. That if Bayern Munich manager goes into a quarrel with you, that means that you have had a good opinion. Lothar Matthäus has been standing for his view. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Thomas Tuchel and I, I accept his behavior. I accept that a coach stressed by, by the, the pressure of performances... After you're winning 4-0 in the Klassiker, after you're winning 4-0 at Dortmund, you're allowed to, to have that kind of behavior. Again, I going back to Ateta, I going back to Tuchel, that is what football is doing to us. And this is sportainment. This is sport, this is entertainment, and we have to accept that. And we have to accept that. Is this good for Thomas Tuchel? That is another question, because we know that Bayern, and they are friends with each other, they talk to each other, and they, they are going to the same parties. So Thomas Tuchel better win some games in a row, no? or he will be having problem. That's what the history tells us about Bayern München coaches. So let's stick to that question about Thomas Tuchel then. Didn't handle that in the way you thought he should have, Stevie. Because it was quite a pointed question to start yeah, with. He's just won 4-0. Listen, I've said it a thousand times on here and I'll say it again. When you're doing an interview as a head coach, particularly of Bayern Munich, you don't answer it. You don't answer any questions unless it's for you. You tell them what you want them to know. I mean, he, he should have completely dodged that question about what happened in midweek. All he should have done was start going on about how great Kane was, mm. how great his goals were. How great the midfield players. Musiala is fantastic. They're running, running at defenders. So you don't answer the question. Is it easier said than done, though, when he's no. stood on a panel where they've been slated yes. all season? Thomas Tuchel. How, 
Is this Thomas Tuchel's first gig? No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Thomas Tuchel yeah. should know by now. You don't answer the question. Yeah, but it's Just don't answer the question. And the other, the other thing we shouldn't forget, mm. I actually disagree with Jan here because I don't think there's that many of us that take ourselves so seriously. I think we forget that when you're on the other side, when people are criticising you, you, you've, you, you feel it more than anything. You do feel it. Anybody who says, I don't care, doesn't matter, is, is not, tell, not being honest. Because when you're in yeah. Tuchel's shoes, you absolutely feel every bit of it. And, and so, so in, in a small way, I understand why, why he wants to have a go at Mateus. But that's not the place to do it. The place to do it is out with the stadium when Mateus is not waiting for it, and then you pull, you pull him up. But as far as doing an yeah. interview, you answer, you answer but, with what you want them to know. You don't answer their question ever, but, unless it's in so, your so, favour. Sorry, Al. Uh, sorry, Al. I'm not taking your... But I just want to com comment on what Steve is saying, because... This is something to also to do with the culture of German football. You know, in England, we are used to talk to one man at the club. That is the manager. That is a, a weak system because sometimes Ten Hag got to talk about everything else than football, for example. Uh, Pep Guardiola is the only one from, from the club who is there. In Germany, it's 10 to 15 people. German football, I'm not saying it's a soap opera, but it's as close as we get. Bayern will have 10, 15 people who are doing politics. We've discussed that so many times when I had a go at Oliver Kahn or Salahamidzic or Dresden or Heiner or Beckenbauer or Hoeneß or Rummenigge. There are people all over the place. And that's why I'm not saying that Tuchel did a 100% right thing. But sometimes I think where we disagree, Stevie, is that you speaking like a college teacher or tell your pupil, that is what you're going to do. But when you're there, and you know that, Steve, you've been in that position so many times, that is the way you get it out. Because you know, that I work, I've been working with that host for three years. He is one of the best in Germany. And he, and, and, and he felt that I can have a go here because he will let me. And Lothar Matthäus is standing there. And you, as a human being, this is the only chance you have after winning 4-0 at Dortmund. You feel this is never a chance. Was he right? Not 100% sure. I'm sure that, that maybe he should be calmer, as you're saying, and do as a lot of managers just saying when people don't expect it. But again, I'm a, I'm a defender of emotional people today, I, 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 I yeah, realise. No, the manager's union today. <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason he gets involved, Stevie, I think is very simple. Ego. You don't get to this level without a sense of ego, of, of defending what is it that you've done and how you've done it and that you've earned your place to get to be the manager of Bayern Munich, that the position wasn't just given to you. You've done a lot of work to get to this point. Where I have an issue with Thomas Tuchel, I don't mind if he goes and attends the, the conversation with Lothar Mateus and the host. No problem whatsoever but actually have a high level of discussion, not a petulant discussion, not a, oh, well, I'm not going to answer that. No, no, if you're going to show up and, and you're going to be part of the set, then, hey, have a high degree of conversation. And that would have been far more interesting for us to listen to a legend of the game in Lothar Mateus and Thomas Uchel, who's managing one of the biggest teams in the world, in having an actual conversation in which they're exchanging ideas. And that is far more productive for everybody. But once you make it into this petulant sort of childish behavior, then you, you, whatever is it that you wanted to say, whatever is it that you wanted to express, gets lost in the behavior and the message is gone. 
it was an opportunity for him to express his ideas, Thomas Tuchel, but I think he wasted the opportunity because he acted like a child. And that's, that, that, I think, is a problem. He was right to say, hey, Lothar, we won for nothing. What do you got to say now? This is how we play. This is what we did well. This is what we were working on. And it's good to see it out on the field. And again, these are my ideas, and the team was able to execute today. And Lothar Mateus may have had his opinion, and now we're having a good conversation. This wasn't a good conversation. It was a brilliant showing from Bayern, though. But they are still second in the table, as you saw when we looked at the Bundesliga standings. And that's because Xabi Alonso's Leverkusen are top, Jan, and it's not by accident. Absolutely not. I mean, he's been there just over a year now, Alonso. In on and off the pitch, he's just a fantastic manager, and, and they did it again. They were in this game was a it's a funny game because they, they are two 0 down, then they're back to two two, and they're still ending up winning the game. So there are some. He has Alonso has managed to do what the great managers do, and he's done that in a very short period of time. Is that? The team is a mirror of his own personality. He got some great players in with a great mentality. He tough, they came back to 2-2 and they're still ending up winning. And you got player in Shaka was very important for him. Took him from Arsenal. You got Hoffman from Gladbach. And you have uh, Boniface, who's been one of the best strikers in Germany this season. And, and just a reminder for people who uh, support other clubs, he has played for Bayern Munich, Real Madrid and Liverpool. And he got a clause in his contract that these three clubs can activate the clause after the season. So to be continued. It is to be continued, but they've looked really good so far by a Leverkusen. And let's see if they can keep it up as well. Be sure to always stay up to date with everything these guys have got to say and what their favourite candy is by keeping up to date with Extra Time every single day over on our YouTube channel. Jan will be with us for it today. In the Serie A, this is how things are looking. There was a big loss for Milan against Udinese at the San Siro. And a game coming on Sunday, Fiorentina beaten at home by Juventus. Very Juventus scoreline there in 1-0. Roma with a late win against Lecce as well. If you're keeping up with Gab Marcotti, I think he was pretty much live-tweeting that game as well. But here's how things are looking in the standings in the Serie A right now. It is Inter and Juve in first and second spot. And a few points behind them, Milan and Napoli. There'll be a lot more talk about what's going on over in Italy with the live tweeter Gab and Julian Laurent so make sure to catch the Gab and Jules podcast twice a week wherever you do get your podcasts. I think that's all we've got time for in sure? this edition of the show. We are answering your questions though on extra time so stick around. Jan's coming back to do that. Questions are here and we're ready to You're go. You're not going to give the answers out now before the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll start yeah. giving them out right now. <laughs> Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have Stevie and Ali here in the studio showing no mercy tonight for my mistakes on the, oh. on the main show. <laughs> we also have Jan Agafiotov, who has been very emotional and very sympathetic to yeah, managers yeah. across the world in football right now, especially big name managers. Yeah. Should it be? Could it be that I am today on a manager award? Yeah. <laughs> well, they are praising yes. the manager. I could, I could be influenced on that. <laughs> That'll do it. All it takes is one celebration with managers and Jan is gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> First question, Stevie, what's the point of VAR if they keep screwing up stupid decisions? No, I, I'm a, listen, I, I like VAR. I think VAR's, VAR's good. We just got to try and get some people behind it that know what they're doing and know what they're looking at. And if we can do that, 
It'll be fantastic. I've said it again, I've said it before, there's nothing worse than having a referee under pressure to get one decision right with one look at, at, at such speed. And then of course, we end up watching highlights later on and it's totally wrong. We don't, we don't want to go back to that. So yeah, we have to get the guy behind the VAR to know what he's doing. And once we do it, it'll be, it, it is good, but it'll be fantastic. We're getting a significantly number of calls right, much more so than wrong. Yeah, which uh, we never talk just, about. The problem is that we don't talk about the ones that they do get right, and we tend to focus on the calamities and the collapse and the backles. And while the emotional managers that Jan loves so much keep calling it a disgrace and an embarrassment, <laughs> then we'll keep talking about those calls as well. What? I think there's, I think, I think, I think it's all about time. I think that we have to make it quick. Check it quick. Check it quick. They should make. And I have said it. I will say it again. I think that a lot of these situations where they discuss two or three minutes, but people who understand football will say straight away, no, 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 he didn't touch it. No, 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 it's a dive. I think that could be one thing added to it. Any, any, Ali, I want to know if there's any gossip from where Jan's been tonight that's worth us knowing. Oh, Sheffield. <laughs> it's not I Los was, Angeles. Uh, I, no, Sheffield. no, no, no. Now, now I'm in Manchester. I, I am in Manchester, well. and to, na to name drop a bit, don't ask me about Ten Hag, because I had a good chat with Ten Hag, so don't be any critical don't to him tonight. Don't ask me about Ten Hag, ask me about Ten Hag. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's a good night, uh, and it's another branch of... Uh, they, uh, it's a lot of Bolton and, uh, and uh, Manchester United. But he, uh, Ten Hag got an award for last season, that would be for League Cup, the FA Cup final in third position, and of course, uh, Pep Guardiola with 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 the, with the treble and all that kind of thing, but Sheffield United promotion, Burnley promotion, and so on. Oh yeah, salt of the earth, those people from up north. Mm. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. All right, Jan. Yeah. Borussia Dortmund are the biggest pretenders in the top five leagues. What will it take for them to shake up their strategy of being a cheap imitation of Ajax? <laughs> Would falling out of the top four plus Leverkusen champions do the trick? Well, there are basically something wrong with the winning culture. There is not one winning DNA back at Dortmund. Remember, at the end of the last season, they only, only had to be minds at home that wouldn't win the Bundesliga. No, didn't happen. Now they had a chance with Bayern Munich, their classica. They've been doing well. They played very good at Newcastle. Great game in the Champions League, losing 4-0. I think there is something wrong with the, the DNA of winning at, at that club. Uh, they, when they lost Bellingham, they said, yeah, thank God. And they didn't say it in this populistic way, but they, in a tabloid way. But they said, well, there was something wrong with the attitude of Jude Bellingham. Because after games, he would do a round on himself, getting the applause from the crowd. And maybe it took a bit much place in the dressing room and so on. And now you see what Jude Bellingham is doing at... Uh, at Real Madrid. So I think it's a, it's a fair point because Dortmund got to ask themselves, are we in it to win it or are we just in it to create good players into great players and get a lot of money? Are they even in it, the title race? No, they're not. I don't think they are. Um, Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich are the two teams really competing, truly contending for this title. And based on the evidence that we saw yesterday, the difference between Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, it's not just the four goals. I think the difference was significant enough for me to say Borussia Dortmund will entertain this year, but they will not contend for a title. All right. Uh, Stevie, does Darwin work better coming off the bench as a super sub? Um, 
Well, I think you'd have to say that he's gotten his start in the team because when he came off the bench, he was producing. Uh, so now, in order to get Darwin Nunez to where we all hope he will be, if you're a Liverpool fan, he has to play regularly. And sometimes you've got to take your knocks. Uh, there's no question that, that today uh, against, against Luton was, as I said, I mean, that, that, that sort of miss is, is unacceptable. But at the same time, you've got to take your knocks and, you know, can he do what Ali was talking about during the show? Can he put that aside or is he going to shove it on his shoulders and carry it around with him the next time he steps on the field? Yeah, so. make, make sure to go and see what the guys had to say on, right here on our YouTube channel. Uh, Stevie, what an odd match for LFC today. As a manager, what do you say to your team afterwards considering the opponent performance, then eventual middling results? I, I, again, we'll go back to the show. I, I think this is a great opportunity where you just talk about the basics of football. You know, the simple stuff that people think should just happen. Throw-ins, you know, throw-ins. If you don't concentrate and give a proper throw-in, then you lose the ball. It, it, I mean, it's just, it's basic stuff. You get back to basics. When you have talent, the more quality that you do the basics, i.e. passing the ball to, you, to your teammates in the correct manner, on the right foot, at the right speed, and the right position, when you do all those basics correct, all that talent will shine. But when you don't get the basics right, then that's when teams with lesser talent and lesser ability will be able to stick with you. And so you get the basics right. And, 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 and you know what? I would guess in the majority of jobs, you do that, that's, that's where you, you, you start building from there, you start going forward. Because if you don't get the basics right, then, then you see what happens. Did, did I just hear you ask for a throwing coach? Is this what I just heard there? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I remember when Liverpool's former throwing coach Absolutely. wanted to come and talk to Stevie on the show? And listen, he was I, very kind and actually came on Twitter. Said, let me explain what I mean. Let, I'll, give you the, I'll give you a good example. When I was coaching the Revs, we went pre-season training, right? And we were doing a drill. And it was part of a warm-up. And it was a, th you throw it, and somebody volleys it to somebody, another player on the side, right? And this mob couldn't do it properly. And the reason you couldn't do it properly is because they never paid attention to it. Because they don't think it's important enough. You don't just turn up on a Saturday after messing around all week in the training ground and things work. Every single time you step on the field in training and you're doing a drill, you do it properly. And all the best teams in the world have got players that do that. People like Van Basten and Hurlitt and all these guys, they, they don't just turn up on a Saturday and score all these goals and, and make all these, play, these passes and do all these great things. They do it every single day of the week. You're getting me gone now. Hey, 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 you so that's what I'm talking about when I say get the basics <laughs> right. He should have ended if you're doing the, the basics over. right, then all the ability shines through. And if you don't, then you get what you end up, you get what you deserve. You and that's what Liverpool got today. You went very 1988 Netherlands European <laughs> Championship team. Well, you can, you can talk about anybody. Right. You talk about anybody. Right. He has been quite animated today. It comes on a day that Liverpool didn't lose, like CV thought. Feels like the All right. Uh, from your memory, what was the most unexpected outcome for a game that you played in? Something like what happened to Bayern against third division Saarbrücken. Wow. 
I've had some losses uh, and I've had some uh, knocks, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I still think of the, the times we have some funnier results. I saw this weekend Sheffield United played, no, sorry, Swindon Town played in the FA Cup against Aldershot. They were 7-0 down and they came back to 7-4. What was going on there? <laughs> and things like that. Uh, and, 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 I, and I remember I played in the, um, in the, the local derbies in Vienna. First game we won 4-1. The second one we won 5-2. Imagine how what well we won the third time. 6-3. So I mean sometimes they, they just play with us like that. But uh, that's how broken to go back to that. I mean Bayern they expect to win the double and then when they knocked out well then you can start all your funny jokes about Harry Kane not losing out on a title and so on. So uh, that was big, big story. And what we talked about in the show about Thomas Tuchel's reaction, believe me, that started at the game at Sa in Saarbrücken. Anything that stands out to you guys? Well, if we're going to go way back when, in the in down well, memory lane. We've been going way back yes. already. With well, then let's make, it, let's make it fully random. 1994 Dallas Cup tournament it's a youth tournament here in the United States the final I was playing for the Dallas Texans and we were playing against this team from Monterrey CF Regios let me tell you something this guy I must have been 12 years old at the time 13 years old they they look like men like they had kids watching them play on the sidelines you know with beers and a stash and I'm like wait a, wait a second uh, you, you gotta be kidding me. Because what, you, you guys are like 14, right? Yeah, I'm like, this guy's at 13, 14 years old? What? <laughs> and, and you just look at them and you know, you know there's something going on here. And so, obviously, you show up and you think, all right, let's, let's give it a try, guys. Let's, let's go and see what happens. And quite frankly, they are killing us. I mean, they're hitting the post. Goalkeeper Scott wins the shout-out. He's making save left and right and this way and that way. I, are you kidding me? What's happening? Out of a throwing, Stevie. Of all things. Hey, gee. Out, a throwing. Thank you. Our guy throws the ball in. Their goalkeeper comes out and defender. And whatever happened, they didn't pick the ball up. And I just kept running and had a tapping from three yards out. We ended up the game, winning the game 1-0. And I'm telling you, I'm on the field. And I still don't believe that we won the game. <laughs> when, when I'm saying that they're missing chances and I'm saying that things are happening that are just abnormal, somehow we find a way to win it. And again, we're talking about 30 years ago. And I, I, I still think about it now and I'm like, how is Scott Winston making all this safe? <laughs> huh? Well, Scott Winston, now club legend for the Dallas Texans, we won it one nothing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, you went way back then. Anything for you, Stevie? Um, actually, he reminded me of the, the I think it was the UA, U16 World Cup final in Glasgow, Scotland against Saudi Arabia. Mm. And it was the same thing. Yeah. All the Saudi players had big, big long beards and everything. <laughs> and they were running like a half a mile an hour. And you got these wee pasty ginger faced. We pasty face ginger Scottish guys like I looking up going, what's this? The one I remember, we actually got two bites at the cherry and we still got beat. Bolton, early 90s, FA Cup. We drew the first game on a field that we should never have played on, on ice. Uh, I did my ribs in the game, so I couldn't play in the replay at Anfield and we got beat 2-0 at Anfield. 
by Bolton, who were then in the old first division. So that was a, that was a real shocker. <laughs> well, we are we are talking to Steve. She wasn't convinced. We are talking. What's that face? She wasn't convinced. Well, I went down memory lane because yeah. some teams can beat Bolton in cup finals, but yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, well done. Well done. All right. Okay, guys. How can anyone who watched the Manchester United game delude themselves into thinking that this is a great victory? As a fan, I find the celebration embarrassing. Well, given that you're Ten Hag's best mate now, Ian, we're going to put this one to you. Yeah, we talked about relief, didn't we, in that little chat about uh, winning that game. But I don't like these um, uh, assessments, how much you can celebrate after a football game. Uh, I think that we're in the, the football, in football to have joy. We have in the football game to, to, to kind of get out our passion and everything. So if Manchester United win at Fulham, in, in the, where they have been lately, how terrible they have been. Let them celebrate. What is this thing that because Sir Alex Ferguson won so many titles like uh, uh, 10 years ago, they're not allowed to, to celebrate? Stop doing that. It's the same with Arsenal. When Arsenal win a football game, then we say, yeah, but they haven't won a title. Most people never win a title. Stephen Nichol is sitting in the studio and talking about that one game in 10 years he lost. I mean, that is not a career for the rest of us. We, 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 are, we are losing all the time. I'm happy when I win backgammon against my wife. I mean, let's have a joy. Oh, it's a tech tanks today hey. from, um, hey, from Jan, isn't it? Backgammon. backgammon for a long time. Yeah, what a game to be playing with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go on because, yeah, I don't what? know where that, that could yeah. take a turn. All right, with Jan on the set. Not with I guess you. that's I not a United you. fan. <laughs> I'm guessing Yusuf's not a United fan. The person who asked that one before. Aye, it, was, no use. it was Craig's alter ego. Oh, so no. oh there you go. That's full of anger then. Yeah, you're not allowed to smile. Yeah. But, but Yusuf right. says for Ale, who would you trade your son for, Bellingham or Pedri? Oh, Pedri, gone. I Pedri, see how can... your love for Bellingham grows exponentially every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Uh, Pedri, he gone. He's been kicked out of the house. Pedri, see you later. You got to be able to be on the field. You got to stay healthy. Otherwise, you're not welcome home. Bellingham. You can come home now. All right. My son is off to college, by the way, so there is a free seat waiting for you at the dining table. There you go, Bellingham. Although I do have a little update on Bellingham. Carlo Ancelotti, speaking after the draw with Rayo tonight, said Bellingham has a problem with his shoulder. He will undergo medical tests tomorrow. I hope he can play on Wednesday against Braga. Mm. So that would be a problem if there was well, no... Maybe he's not welcome home either. Bellingham. <laughs> You're injured, you're not welcome home. <laughs> you can, uh, Jan will have him. He'll yeah, nurture well, him, he'll yeah. make him feel hey, better. Jan will have anybody today. Yep, he'll give him all he can, those He can sit with me and my wife playing backgammon. I think okay. Bellingham is probably great at backgammon as well. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be better in a week. All right, Stevie's pocket change. Start bench or drop these signings. Havertz for Arsenal, oh. Mudrick for Chelsea or Anthony for United. Oh, that's oh. a belter, isn't it? <laughs> Whoa. I think he... Is that the... sound effect. Is that the official description? Well, I think you go... I think you start Modric. All right. And then you'd have to... You'd have to bench Havertz. Because you just wouldn't want Anthony anywhere near your team. So he'd have to go... You wouldn't even want him in the building. You'd just be like, you know what? Don't ever come back. Once we've managed to get rid of you, we'll give you a call. <laughs> so, yeah. Can, Mudrick, can, anyone disagree? Yeah. 
Anthony can go home to Al, can he? <laughs> no, 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 seat's taken, seat's taken. <laughs> Are the injured Jude Bellingham yeah. right back We'll now? take the Jude Bellingham that can play backgammon in my house ahead of Anthony, yes. <laughs> All right. Jan, if European places were guaranteed, would you like the idea of a Nordic league compromising of Norway, Denmark and Sweden to establish a platform that would allow the region's biggest clubs to grow, develop younger players at home, and form new intriguing rivalries? Mm. Oh, we've, we tried that. It's a good, very good question. I think there's someone who, who knows that we tried something called the Royal League, and we did that after the season. The, the problem was a great idea run by people who didn't understand the game. So uh, we, we had to play outside in two meters snow. That was not a good idea where we could have played indoor. But if you think that for development for Norway, and you can take that in other regions as well, and we hope that maybe you can have that kind of league and get a place in Europe or whatever. I mean, it was a dream for us at, uh, at the time, but it has been tried. And uh, it failed because the management weren't good enough. Oh, well, here I am officially nominating commissioner for this magic super league in yeah. the Nordic countries. Yeah. Jan, I go. Yeah, but you have, to, you have to, I'm, I'm never home, so how can I uh, run that? Uh, yeah, there. <laughs> well, there you go, hotel, oh, there you go. There, there goes the nomination then. Yeah. <laughs> LA, more overrated, Cowboys or Manchester United? Ooh. Mmm. Wow. Too very. At, at this point as well, Eagles have just taken the lead. Thank you. Uh, yeah. no, Thank you. Norwegian Thank you. racing. Thank you. Good Thank question. You. Uh, two very now. powerful brands. In fact, the Cowboys, <laughs> we were talking about it. Well, it's, got it's got to be yes. Cowboys, can, isn't it? Can we say why we were talking about it? Because why Stevie <laughs> went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's not important. The truth of the matter is that the Cowboys are the most expensive or high value franchise yep. in the NFL. I'm gonna say more overrated right now, Manchester United. The Cowboys, as frustrated as they make me on a weekly basis, uh, they do have talent on the field, and that's what frustrates me, that they don't get more results than they should. So, but in terms of being overrated, Manchester United, at this How point. can we say that Manchester United is overrated? Oh, who, who in the world has seen Manchester United this season? I'm, not, I'm, not picking, I'm already picking against the Cowboys no, every single week because I don't believe that they're going to be Cowboys because because you know the Cowboys, you, you just know they're not going to win, and the fact that they're worth six billion. Mm. So, Steve, team. so Stevie decided to go and look what it would cost to buy one <laughs> yeah. of the NFL franchises. Yeah. Well, I was I was doing my YouTube stuff. That was his yeah. research. <laughs> so my research for today's show was uh, how much each franchise cost. And the Patriots are second and five billion, and the Cowboys are first at six billion. Will your pocket so, change cover that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough decision. Okay, so you're not you're not in favour of the Cowboys being LA's answer. Well, it's got to be six billion, and nobody expects them to win anything. Whoa, 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 whoa! So six billion? Talk about overrated. Six whoa. billion for what? What? But but you know what? Yeah, but in this show, in this show, in this show, not not other platforms. In this show, it and not a day goes by that we don't talk about Manchester United. Even though they're terrible, even though they are a middling team, an average team, we still talk about Manchester United every single day, one way or another. And why is that? Why do we do that to ourselves? Because it's an overrated team. 
No, because it's one of the biggest brands in the world. So right? if you have a look at that question, how is much overrated? Right. Can you find one person who overrate Manchester United now? Manchester United just get winning, lucky wins against Brentford, Sheffield United and Fulham. Is that overrated? It could be a question who is most underrated at the moment. Then I would say Manchester United. You know what, Norwegian racing fish, relax, bro. <laughs> 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 All right, it was Ali's question anyway, and that was yeah, Ali's well, answer. Apparently, apparently I'm not allowing my opinion on the Cowboys. Are we winning yet or what? I don't think so. No, we're not. Well, I'm not, be silly. I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Stevie, start bench or drop from the Liverpool chippy days. Fish and chips, pie and chips, or sausage and chips? Well, it depends what mood you're in. <laughs> Let's just say overall, if you knew you had to pick one. Well, see, the pie and chips one's a very interesting one because it depends what part of the country you're playing. And what gravy oh, you get. You see? The, so it depends. the depth that you're going with this analysis. And, and the fish and chips would be would fall into the same category. Whereas the sausage and chips, you could go anywhere and get a good sausage and chips. <laughs> so it's actually not a straightforward question. So you're starting sausage and chips? Well, if I'm going to play safe... And well, they're reliable for you, right? Yeah, if I'm going to play safe, uh-huh. I'm going to go with sausage and chips. Uh-huh. Okay, so... Then, depend, if, we go, if we're playing at a, a seaside town, like Brighton, for example, okay. I would definitely go with the fish and chips. Now, if we're in Bolton, I'm going for the pie and chips, because the gravy there will be great. <laughs> so it's just not a straightforward question. Right? And then it depends on the pie, right? <laughs> well, yeah, well, it depends if you go for a meat pie. Yeah. Or... <laughs> I mean, there's different types of pies you can get in chipping. But undisputed starter, sausage and chips. Yeah, safety, fast, sausage and chips. I thought you were going to go with a more descriptive... What do I want to know? Can't get it What's here, though, the chippy in the way home? I know. I know. We miss it, don't you? Aye. Yeah, I miss it too. We don't have that here, I'll tell yeah, you that. I bet you yeah, do gravy. miss a bit of fish and chips. You'll probably get a chance to have it a lot more. You're always in England now. Yes, and a great, great memory from the 90s in, in England, being an away game and we stopped at some bad fish and chips restaurant and they come out with some papers and the fish and chips in there and the boys jumping over with salt, everything in, in the bus. Great, great memory of uh, the days in England uh, back in the 90s. All right, sausage and chips. Stevie's number one starter. <laughs> Great question. All right, thanks so much for sending the message. That's a safe choice. It's a safe, safe choice. choice. Yeah. Can we have the sound effect, like Ale said, though, for sausage and chips? <laughs> all right, that'll do it for the latest edition. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again.